0: Welcome to Double Fries, No Slaw. It is Sunday, June 26th. We're at the last Sunday in June. It's been a busy month. It was a busy week this week. Before we get into everything FSU, we appreciate you joining us. If you'll hit that share button, if you hit that like button, if you hit that retweet button, we certainly would appreciate it. Um, if you're on Twitter, if you hit hit us up on Facebook or YouTube, you can comment. Hopefully, Twitter will bring back the comments. It's been over a year since they were on there. Um, kind of frustrating to uh, to not have uh, that uh what i'll here's what i'll do i will click the twitter link so that i can kind of just watch that go as well to see if there are uh, any comments but appreciate you guys for hanging out appreciate you guys for joining us again hit the share button hit the retweet button like all those things and we'll get into it richie how's your weekend been so far Good, man. Just uh, taking it easy. Went
1: out with some friends, had a nice little uh, wine tasting at Cooper's Hawk. Shout out to them, even though uh, they do not pay us, but they are phenomenal with their, their wines that they do for great prices. Um, yeah, and then today's just kind of taking it easy. We might try and get to the pool. Depends on how the weather holds up. Uh, but how about you, man?
0: Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, I went out with Newberg and Dan Thompson. Stadium and Gale on the Roll-Up Network, we watched the Lightning game. So that was exciting to force a game six. Yeah, a game, game- is tonight yeah, we tried to do the same thing yesterday we tried to go swimming and uh as soon as we got like the kids bathing suits on and they finished their icicles remember those little ic drink or like uh eating the plastic like we get one of those every time before the pool like we heard thunder and we're like it's hard to tell a three and a half year old that like you can't go swimming when it's not raining but like you hear thunder, you know it's like hard to tell like it's like how about some ice cream and she was you know so that, that so I, I
1: saw a tornado friday uh, right by my house <laughs> sheesh talk about unsettling no i was at the gas station right and um the cashier and another guy are outside and i'm they walk in i'm I, what's going on i look up I'm like oh my goodness and the guy apparently is from the midwest he's like oh florida tornadoes are weak it never touched ground it dissolved pretty quickly so it was it's it was nothing but it was pretty scary for like five seconds uh in the way that he's just like oh no I, I go up
0: to tor- tornado alley that's where you see the real ones i'm like no i'm good man well good, yeah man. i mean No kidding, but yeah, be here during the, you know, late summer and early fall with hurricane season. So um, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations, 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them that Double Fries No Slaw sent you. Make sure you get your gut box without slaw. Got a couple of fun tailgates that were in the works of planning. I don't know if I can get Richie up for both of them, but we're going to try and get him up for at least one for the Clemson game, the Florida game. Obviously we'll be catered by Guthrie's appreciate them excited to continue to partner with them. It's been almost two years now. We're getting close to our two year anniversary. I appreciate Guthrie's hit both their locations. Let them know that we sent you and uh, support the people that support this podcast. All right, Richie, a busy week. We alluded to this. We talked about it a little bit. Um, Link Jarrett hired and stolen from Notre Dame. Uh, Alfred gets what he wants uh, to replace um, Mike Martin Jr. and become FSU's 10th head baseball coach. Um, Probably the worst kept secret on social media over the last three weeks um, since Florida State moved on from meat uh, was that Link Jarrett would be the number one target and obviously uh, ended up kind of coming to fruition but done in a really, really well good way. Before we get into, like, what kind of coach or any kind of thoughts on that, did you see that he, he it was very important to him to take time and meet with his team and let his team know before anybody else knew? I thought that was – I don't know. I just said, thought that said a lot about him. And I'm not trying to call out this guy or not, but, you know, other guys are on planes. Lincoln Riley going here, going there. And, like, they don't ever – like, they find out about about on social media. There's no meaning. Baseball is a little different than football. I get it, but – Something's a priority to you, you make it happen, right? And so I I thought that said a lot about him and and it was a it was kind of refreshing that, that 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 he took the time to do that.
1: I thought he handled it really well. Obviously, he was asking questions about it out in Omaha. Um, because everyone knew, like you mentioned, of he was clearly Florida State's top target. Um and I saw the video of him addressing his team with the athletic director there to support him. I think it says a lot about him as well, that the athletic director of Notre Dame was there with him at the team meeting, showing his support for him. Um, you know, we, we all remember how Jimbo left. We all kind of found out on social media. Then he he did hold a players meeting um, after everybody already found out, but I, I thought he handled it as well. As, as well as he possibly could have um, given all the circumstances, everybody knew, You know, he's from Tallahassee. His parents live here. He played at Florida State. He, you know, it's in his blood. So we all kind of assumed that would be the case. Uh, But kudos to Michael Alford for making it happen because, you know, what he was building at Notre Dame was pretty special when you look at Notre Dame's baseball history, which is far from their football history. Um, But yeah, I thought he handled it about as well as he possibly could have. And and kudos to everyone involved, you know, Alford, uh, President McCollum,
0: and everyone who made it happen. Yeah, we talked with Brett Nevitt of Knowles 247 on the uh, spaces on Friday. If you get a chance, go back and listen to that. Also, go listen to the um, Sunday Golds podcast that he does with Arya Masoudi. Really, really good stuff there um, from him. Uh, I thought that it was good to learn a little bit more about what we're getting from Link. um, On the field, off the field, with regards to recruiting, um, obviously very detail-oriented. I mean, you can't be a coach at this level and, and not be. Um, somebody that has done a really, really good job at all of his stops, did a great job with Notre Dame. Obviously a very senior-laden class, uh, an older class, and that's going to be something that will be a little bit different for him. But um, somebody that develops really good relationships and should be a really, really good coach. I think the thing that stands out to me the most about this hire is that no one has anything negative to say about this hire. Like everyone thinks that this is a, I almost said slam dunk, but grand slam home run higher. Uh, so we'll, you know, use our puns there. But uh, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of what speaks to it. You see rivals, you see, um, you know, fans of other teams in conference, out of conference, Gator, Miami fans, whatever, everybody thinks this is a slam dunk higher. Obviously the proof will be in the pudding, but um Florida State went out and got the best available coach. And uh, actually not even the best available coach, a coach that was on another staff that was the best for this program. And, uh, you know, like you said, hats off to Alford. You know, I think that when whenever a coach is hired in football, immediately, like everybody's just like, oh, how can we downplay this? How can our rivals downplay this? How can we crap on this coach? How can we say this isn't a big deal? Miami fans, Florida fans, every you know, Clemson fans, every – Everybody out there, LSU, who you know made some splashes in the portal yesterday. Everybody says this is an amazing hire, and Alfred really did a great job. So Alfred's had quite the uh, quite the first six months of uh, of a tenure, hasn't he? Yeah,
1: it's uh, he, he's been busy, all right. Um, like you mentioned, this was uh, he had to get this one though, because uh, imagine if he could not close the deal on Link Jarrett. But yeah, yeah, between this, obviously, uh, you know. There were some behind-the-scenes things with and that happened uh, that caused him to leave, but Alfred goes out and gets the ACC coach of the or the SEC coach of the year, uh, Pensky, and then obviously uh, Texas A&M throws all the money in the world at Lonnie. And Alford convinces her to stay, reworks her contract, makes her w- very well paid. Um, you know, and Link Jarrett now making eight hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. That's so that's a number I did not expect to see from Florida State baseball. Um, I thought we'd stay in that 400 500000 range, but Alford clearly says no, we're we're here to play big boy uh right now. And Alford, obviously a baseball guy, so he he definitely, you know, he played college baseball as we've talked about with him on this podcast, but yeah, he's, he's had quite, uh, the momentum going the past few months here.
0: Yeah, no, it's been pretty impressive and we're working with FSU to get link on and get a chance to chat with him, um, over the next few weeks, but you know, an exciting hire and exciting time, obviously, like we've mentioned before, I mean, we, you know, we have a really good relationship with Mike and so that was tough, um, it even kind of somewhat felt weird celebrating it at times, you know, it's like you're excited for the program, but you, you know, you feel bad cause your, your buddy's not there anymore, but you know, overall a really, really good day, good weekend for, for FSU athletics, FSU baseball. And like I said, Alfred, Alfred does, you know, I think some of FSU's problems for years was the uh, just the kind of the good old boy thing. And, that's not the case anymore. Alfred's here to do what's best for the program. And I believe that Alfred does believe in the standard of excellence and he's going to hold people to that. And um, he's proven it that he's going to do what's absolutely best for Florida state. It's student athletes, the boosters and its fans. And I, think know, I posted seen. a clip from his posted a clip from his opening press conference the other day and everything that he said in that in December has, uh, has come to kind of fruition. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, it, it's nice to have finally
1: uh, an athletic director who is actually in charge of, of the athletics department. Uh, we haven't had that really, you know, somewhat since I was in school when we had Dave Hart, but even at the time, TK Weatherall was the president and he, you know, could not keep his hands out of it. Obviously, a, a former great on the gridiron as well for Florida State. Um, but then, you know, obviously, Dave Hart was kind of run out by TK Weatherall, and then Randy Spetman was brought in as kind of TK's puppet. Then we had President Barron, you know, we. Uh, Brought in Stan Wilcox, who didn't really know what he was doing either, in my opinion. Um, And now you have Michael Alford. And shout out to President McCollum, who seems to be letting Alford run the things the way he wants to do it. Um, You know, so often we see school presidents, you know, get their hands in the athletic departments, um, tie the hands of the AD somewhat. That's not. That doesn't seem to be the case right now. So I, I'm very happy with the administration we have with President McCollum, um, AD Alford. I, I think we're in a very good place right now, and Florida State
0: fans can uh, sleep easy at night in terms of that, at least. Yeah. The uh, obviously the tweets go around hashtag Mike got us or hashtag Alford got us. I, I think they're serious when they say Alford got us. I I feel really confident with him being in charge of and at the head of the athletics program, um, at Florida state. So, um, Hey, do us a favor. If you're watching, if you're listening, hit the share button, hit retweet, hit like, we really, really appreciate that. It helps more than you know. I, even if you just watch for like 10 seconds and then hit it, that that'd be great. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out before we go on, we've got some, uh, football news, uh, some other news on Alford's, uh, some moves Alford's making, but, uh, shout out Gramco You can go to thegramco.com type in, phew, I mess this up every week. Type in DFNS, double fries no salt DFNS 25. Get your tropical orange heart candy. Get your blue raspberry gummies. They've also got fruit punch and watermelon. But let me tell you the blue raspberries are where it's at. Everything from vapes, um, pens, wake and bake coffee. They've got mugs that Richie's drinking out of. I saw this morning, hat shirts, whatever you're looking for. Go support people that support this podcast, thegramco.com for all your Delta 8 needs. Um, an absolute leader in the industry. We're like the only podcast on here that can say this and it matter, but founded by FSU students, now alums, big, big knolls. They take care of us at every tailgate. They'll be out tailgating with us um, this year. And so we're excited for our partnership with Gramco. Again, DFNS25 at thegramco.com. Have to be 21 or older to order. I assume most of you watching are 21 or older, but must be 21 or older to order shipping is quick and discreet hit them up today and get an order i saw richie had a pretty good care package from them the other day so shout out gramco yeah shout out to um, them they, yeah they sent me basically every product they have to
1: include um a, the one for my dog so i'm excited i, I need to do a little research because my dog's only 11 pounds little miniature dachshund but uh they even sent something for uh, him, you so. take about four or five gummies man it'll be fine. So, definitely appreciate the good folks at Gramco for not just
0: taking care of me, but also uh, Franklin. So, shout out to them for sure. <laughs> I saw you had the dog stuff, and I was like, oh, that's so on brand. I wonder if they did that for everybody, or they just know that Richie's got the got the dog. So, thegramco.com, DFNS25 for 25% off. If you have any issues or you have any questions, hit me up. They're very responsive on social media as well. The underscore Gramco. On all social media. Um, speaking of all for getting what he wants, obviously we know, and, and we talked to Gene Deckerhoff. We were able to have an exclusive interview with him the day of the spree game, the day of his last game. And so, shout out to Gene, and the absolute goat. But uh, Jeff Colhane from North Dakota Sk- State had called uh, several national championships, announced as the new voice of FSU, voice of the Seminoles. And Florida State goes in a completely different direction. Then bring, then moving somebody up in house. They go with a brand new voice that will not only call the games, but will also direct some content and do some more stuff um, that I think fans will really, really enjoy and really, really like. But uh, thoughts on uh, Gene going out and getting a uh, a guy that's called multiple national championships uh, to come in and call games for Florida State? Yeah, I, I never heard
1: of the guy. I'm not going to pretend like I'm some expert on on him and his history. Uh, but I did go on YouTube and. Listen to some of his calls, um, yeah, and he definitely seems like it. He's a, a great option, and uh, I love the fact we were talking a little bit off air. You know, he's a younger guy, so you know he's going to be here for you know multiple decades, most likely, uh, and be the new voice of the Knowles. And obviously, following in a in a legend's footsteps like Gene Deckerhoff, that's never easy. But uh, I really like him. He he was on the call for a three overtime. Uh, game against Cincinnati in the uh in basketball and man that someone hit like a game winner at the buzzer from half court 75
0: and, feet yeah yeah
1: like so he he's definitely seeing some some good things you know in the both on the football field and the basketball court and I'm excited cuz he'll be doing both of them and it, it sounds like it's going to be quite the expanded role where he's actually <laughs> you know, he's not just calling games. He has a lot of responsibility. It sounds like he'll be in charge of the entire media department. He'll have direct reports, something Gene Degaroff didn't have. Um, you know, he kind of just did the, the and the bucks, uh, every weekend, but yeah, I I went back again, go listen to some of his YouTube clips. Again, I'm not pretending to be an expert in play by play guys, but I definitely think it's a good hire and, and excited to hear him,
0: you know, call that Florida state win over LSU coming up here in a few months. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with it. I, uh, it was cool to see the respect that he had um, in his interview. If you go to Symbols.com, you can check that out. And we'll get Jeff on as well at some point and, and chat with him. But uh, uh, it it's cool to see his interview and the excitement of, you know, uh, Lane asked him, Lane Hurt and works for Seminoles.com, asked him, you know, just kind of what it would mean to hear that war chant and, and, and you know, be calling a night game against Duquesne. Uh, 5 p.m., but it'll finish at night, right? Uh, in A night game at Doak and, he was he was excited, you know, and and that's you know a dream come true, right? And he knew Gene and had interviewed Gene in the past, and so neat move for FSU. Um, I I think that there were there's pros and cons to everything in life, and you know I'm not going to act like you know there weren't good options internally, but I, I do like that Florida State went in a completely new direction, a brand new voice um, to not really like continue a voice that had been at FSU for a while, but go in a completely different direction, a younger guy there's anything wrong with old guys, but a younger guy that literally should should be here for, you know, another 30, 40 years and and really, you know, uh, you know, it's funny, Richie, like now that when you get older, you get better perspective on stuff. And, you know, I kind of thought like, man, these are the this is the voice that that my kids are going to grow up listening to. Right. This is the the voice that they're going to hear and and when they're our age that they're going to remember. Right. And you know, as much as we love Gene, that's how they're going to feel about this guy. You know, that's, yeah. he's going to be the one to tell the story. And so that was kind of a cool thing to, to think about some, some neat perspective. So if you have small kids or if you're going to have small kids or whatever, like that, just kind of like, think about like that. Like we're going to tell them how great Gene was. They're going to hear some of those old calls and and, and realize it, but this is the guy that's going to tell your, basically your kids, the, the story of FSU football and basketball for, for years to come. So out Jeff Culhane, again, really, really neat for him and his family and excited to see kind of what FSU does like you said, in that media department and expanding his role and giving him a bigger role than just, like I said, um, calling games on Saturday, which, again, nothing wrong with that. Gene Gene was a legend. it will always be my GOAT, but shout-out to Jeff. We'll we'll get him on here and chat with him for sure. Um, Again, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, hit the retweet button, hit the share button. We certainly appreciate it. We'll keep moving along. We've got some stuff we want to get to on football. Then we want to talk a little bit about the ACC Coastal. We did the Atlantic last week. We'll do the Coastal this week. Then we'll talk a little basketball, go around the horn, and get out of here. Um, Florida State lands an offensive l- offensive tackle transfer, Jaztin, turntine turntine Turn. Turn-tin? Turn-tin? I don't know <laughs> Richie. <laughs> the, the, all these guys we're getting jack- lately, we, we, we need a pronunciation. Dude, I need guy. some Smiths. Oh, put, yeah, like, I need I need like some Smiths or Jones, like names that I can <laughs> Barnes. Right? Even my name's a little tougher, but. Um, now, offensive tackle transfer, 6'7", guy from South Carolina. Not sure if he'll be in the mix to start or not, but certainly provides depth and then could potentially start for, for FSU. Um, Played last year, didn't have a fant- I mean, just, you know, not going to sugarcoat it, but didn't have a fantastic PFF score. Um, actually lost his job early in the year and then got it back due to injury and then did, did play. South Carolina didn't have a fantastic offensive line but this is a big pickup for the Noles who need as much depth as is humanly possible. And, uh, you know, a guy that has power five experience, and then you put him um, under, I'm just going to say, the best offensive line coach in the country. And, uh, you know, you see what he can kind of do. Not sure how it'll all shake out. Obviously he's not been here for spring, so we'll see what he can do in the summer and then in fall camp to kind of establish himself and see if he can start or if he's going to be a rotational depth piece. But, Florida State off adds another um, big offensive lineman, which has been a trend for offensive linemen that they've added uh, this season. Brendan put together a really, really good piece, Brendan Sonona at Noles 247 on the offensive linemen and their size. Um, I believe, just because I saw the tweet, I think they the average height of the offensive lineman was 6.44 inches. So nearly 6'5" for every guy they added was the average. So, and all of them over 300 pounds. So that's on the offensive line and the addition. Yeah. I
1: mean, anytime you get someone who started 10 games last year in the SEC, you know, I, I know he lost his job early, ended up getting it back due to injury. Uh, but that's experience that, that matters, right? Like, so he's been up against the best defensive lineman in the country because we all know they do play in the SEC for the most part. So he, yep. he's used to that. He's played against them. He's played against Clemson, obviously, which is a bonus for us. Like you said, I don't know if he'll start. I don't think so. I'd probably be a little surprised if he did. But again, depth, that's what we've needed. How many years, you know, going back to Willie Tiger's first year, you know, that Virginia Tech game, we had a solid first five offensive linemen, right? Starting five, Dickerson goes down <laughs> game one in the offensive line, just a disaster at that point. I think we're finally to a point now where, you know, we at least have the numbers and Alex Atkins, shout out to him. He's done a phenomenal job. Um, we added 10 offensive linemen between the signing class and the portal this year. Um, We're clearly not messing around. And, and finally, I think we're in a position, we're not going to have an elite offensive line, and we're not going to pretend that we will. But I think they'll be solid. And even if you have one or two injuries, you can survive that, which in years past, one injury was bad. Two injuries was a disaster. So we're definitely in a better spot now. Um, So shout out to Atkins and Orville for hitting the portal and just – like I said, throw
0: numbers at the problem. Yep. Big, big addition. Um, The portal, the commitments, they, the give and they take. Um, Randy Pittman tied in decommitted from Florida state this week. Looks like UCF will get involved there, which may speak a little bit to the caliber of, uh, of, of player there. Like that, you know, he's not leaving for a, for an Alabama or Georgia, or even like an in-state rival with Florida or Miami or, Clemson, something like that um, uh, but with all against some grace there not a player Florida State wanted to lose and really indicative of an issue at tight end recruiting that needs to be resolved either by recruiting better or finding somebody that can recruit that position a little bit better I know that we're typically pretty positive but again the, the results speak for themselves Florida State, Though I I really don't know how much Randy Pittman would have made an impact on this roster in years to come, Um, kind of a tweener, kind of small, not your prototypical tight end, maybe more of an H-back, was a player that they wanted to keep. Take for that for what you will. If recruiting was a little bit better and you had better options, probably wouldn't care about losing this kid as much. So, you know, not – I wouldn't call it a massive loss because I, I don't know how much of an impact he would have really made for Florida State in the years to come but he was about the best you had, <laughs> So or he was the only tight end you had, and so I don't know that they even take a tight end this year or get a tight end. I certainly think they would take if they could. But, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a weird loss, right? Like not, not really a loss that I think is going to hurt you, but indicative of a of a much bigger problem, and that is the fact that our tight end recruiting for years, but certainly now is is not in a place that it needs to be.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it's a big loss, but it, like you mentioned, the staff did want to keep him. It's not like it was like a mutually parting ways or whatever it might be. Um, and Chris Thompson, like I I've seen enough. I mean, I I if Mike Norville's still here next year, I I hope we we make some changes on the staff, not just him, but I don't think he's done what we kind of hoped he would when he we got him from Texas Christian University. Uh, but yeah, th- like you mentioned, it's it, it's weird because again, it's not like losing you know Travis Hunter on signing day. Uh, Who would have been an instant impact guy, Um, especially in Mike Norvell, you know, look at his offenses at Memphis. He he likes to use this tight ends um, and we can't seem to get any. So that that is concerning in a bit. But like you mentioned, it's not going to hurt this class uh, at all. I think it's just more so the fact that you did lose somebody who the staff did want to keep.
0: Um, speaking of losing somebody, that's <laughs> nah, that's a bad transition. Chris Parson was at Mike Norvell's house <laughs> oh, playing boy. basketball last night. Um, saw a video that Zach uploaded, and I think that uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, and I don't know. I'm I surprised. I'm surprised, TJ. Yeah, I mean he's he's coming in on the official visit, which you know again I think that I think that Florida State and Chris Parson are like Josh mentioned it. And so I'm just going to steal his take. But I think they're both just using each other. I think that – and so so soaking the flame, I agree with you completely. Not a massive loss in and of itself. But – and go back to the tight end. But it was the best tight end. Like, you know, it just shows that we can't even keep the ones that aren't a big loss committed. Like, we're not going out and getting somebody better. And that's the problem, right, is that kids are leaving you for UCF. Florida State wanted him in the class, so it's not a massive loss. But if Florida State wants him in the class and he leaves for USF, that's a problem. So it's it's kind of, it's both at the same time, right? Um, But yeah, I think Florida State and Chris Parson, going back to that, are using each other for the same thing, right? Want to kind of keep that relationship strong, Richie? I mean, you you know, you were a young, promiscuous man, I'm sure at one time. You know, did you ever like send a couple texts just to kind of keep the keep the relationship going when you knew you might need somebody later or don't we all do that in life? You know, like, hey, I love my wife. Yeah. Miles. I'm saying like 15 years ago, bro. When, <laughs> you were, you. <laughs> when you didn't know her yet, maybe 20 years. I don't know. I don't know how long you guys know. But, um, We've so all I done think, that and,
1: and you do it with jobs too, yeah. right? Because it, like sometimes like you're at a job, you and your boss probably both know it's not going to last, but you need each other, you know, cause you both got to, you know, put food on the table. So you stay there and then, when you get a better option, you leave, and then they replace you with what they think is a better option, uh, and that's kind of where we're at. So, I, I, I do. I thought it was fascinating that he was at Coach Morville's house last night, and you know they're seemingly having a really good time because I, I thought he would have been decommitted by now, um, and he's not. So it, it's definitely going to be fascinating to watch this whole recruitment play out, um, especially if Florida State does get a commitment from um, you know Brock Glenn or, or Ricky Collins, whoever it may be what happens at that point. But again, Chris Parson, you know, he's taking visits to SMU and schools like that. So, uh, you know, if he gets a Auburn offer or a Tennessee offer, he probably takes it, but right now we're the best that he has and he's the best that we have
0: committed to us and available right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm glad the, glad the relationship's still there just because Florida state may be in a position where, They've got to take him, right? Like Collins, Glenn, another quarterback, doesn't work out. Said Florida State was going to pursue that Emory Williams. I think it was his last name. He ended up staying with Miami. Um, so, yeah, I mean, got to keep the relationship strong. Seems like he's there, you know, enjoying his time, enjoying his visit, playing some hoops. Even if he's not enjoying he's faking it well enough to where he's pulling us. So, seems like he's enjoying his visit, liking what he's seeing hasn't decommitted you know we'll see kind of monitor that one play by ear see what happens he'll end up decommitting by the time i get off this podcast <laughs> nice and all that. but uh but uh anyway all right let's jump into this we did the acc i always confuse i don't know why i confuse these but we did the acc atlantic last week go back and check out last week's episode where we broke that down we actually i actually clipped that video oh no Harlan did shut out Harlan. Harlan clipped that video and put it on youtube as his own thing so you don't have to watch the whole podcast You do go back and watch the whole podcast, it starts at like 24, 25 minutes, something like that. And then, uh, you can see our thoughts on the ACC or it's a, it's, it's its own, uh, it's its own clip. I took some time last night and actually reorganized our YouTube. So you can go back through our YouTube and every playlist is updated accurately. So there's, you know, you can click on a, there's the main playlists are like the Thursday preview shows for football games. The Sunday recap shows our regularly scheduled Sunday shows, um, our interviews are all playlisted out. So there's anytime we interviewed an FSU coach, that's in its own playlist. If there's a, if there was an FSU athlete that we interviewed, we those are all in the playlist. Um, if it's a former seminal like Charlie Ward or Demarcus Walker or any of those guys that we've had on, there's a there's a playlist for that. And there's also one for just show clips. So when we have a conversation or think something's kind of pertinent, like that ACC talk or like Newberg with the transfer portal, or Newberg on Chris Parsons, I put that into show clips. So if you go to YouTube, YouTube youtube.com, search Double Fries, no slaw, you can find all of that there. But, like I was saying, we're going to get into the ACC Coastal, a much harder division to predict this year, Richie, Um, than the Atlantic is. I don't know. I think we may have similar bottom two. I don't know that we will have the same. You know, I think the bottom two in this division are easy. I thought one was pretty easy, but I struggled with one and two, and it's not
1: just trolling. Yeah, not just trolling. I did struggle between one and two.
0: So let's go through it. Um, We'll start just like we did last week. We'll alternate. We'll start at the bottom and go up. Probably spend less time on these because they're just less important to to Florida State. But uh, do you want to go first, or seventh, or do you want me to go first?
1: All right, Duke. Let's go.
0: Yeah. I do. I think Duke is going to have a really tough time this year. I, I don't see a lot of chances for wins on their schedule. Probably the biggest chance for a win is at Georgia Tech, um, because I have them sixth. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Duke's schedule is, is not easy. Their cross opponents are are not easy, right? Like they have to play Wake Forest. They do get that at home, but that's at the end of the year, and they have to play at Boston College in November. I like Wake to beat them. I think BC beats them if they're healthy too. At, and then NC I don't State? see them Oof. beating. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh no, they don't play NC State this year. I'll have NC State for Duke.
1: Oh, I'm on, I'm on a different team right now. Regard, disregard no. that. <laughs>
0: So they, but they got to go to Miami. They play Virginia, Virginia Tech, their normal opponents. They got to go to Pitt. I think their only real chance for a win is at Georgia Tech. Maybe, maybe they could get BC if Jerkovich is hurt. They, they have two weeks off there that they have a bye there. So that is a Friday night game. I'm sure that Friday night is the red bandana game. So probably not. Yeah, they're probably taking that L. So yeah, Duke at seven, not a shock, right?
1: Yeah, I I think o and a is very much in play for their, their conference schedule this year. They're just, I, I don't expect anything out of Duke. And I don't think we need to spend much more time on them
0: because of kind of what we just said. Yeah. Their best chance for a win, though, came against my sixth team. I have Georgia Tech number six. Okay. What about you? Yeah, and and I think Georgia Tech should be favored by probably ten and a half points or so. So yeah, Yeah. it's
1: going to be a rough year for Duke, um, which is hilarious when you think that that's who we had to play in the ACC
0: title game in 2013. I've never been more confident going into a game in my entire life. (laughs) Exactly, I'm not even kidding. Like, I mean, maybe like Idaho that year, but like a a big game, you know, a big game. Uh, So the 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 number six.
1: no, I was going real Go quick, that year when when uh, Oregon lost to Stanford, I bought my plane tickets to Pasadena that night while sitting at a bar. So you're going to hate I was, me, but had I had no worries out. of Duke.
0: My aunt works for Southwest, so she just gave me a buddy pass for uh, that. I didn't even pay it for the flight. <laughs> I'm that's not, not like really like a $400 Harlem, flight, though, somehow. So my friends that's all bad. paid a thousand plus, but I, I booked it early. Enough. Whoa. Smart, especially did you do Southwest? Free cancelation. Uh, like such a. I think we were on Southwest. I was just by Southwest because like anything I might not. No, I was over, on American because I got
1: delayed. Yeah, I was on American because uh, I got delayed like three days
0: because there's a huge uh, snowstorm storm, in the Northeast. Yeah. 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 So I have Georgia Tech sixth. Who you got there? So I struggled
1: a little bit here, but I, I, I agree with Georgia Tech here. Um it was between them and uh, my next place team, but yeah, Georgia Tech, I, I just don't have much confidence in them. We talked about them last week when we were looking at Florida State's schedule and, and everything, and again, Georgia Tech is, is a classic program. You always know they're going to have one good year every 10 years <laughs> um, and then just be middling the rest of the time, just to downright bad. Uh, but yeah, Georgia Tech, I, I agree. I hate that we're agreeing already because I think we'll probably have the same next team as well but I just don't see much out of them. I'm, I'm not a fan of Jeff Sims. I, I don't think that was a loss for Florida State. I know a lot of people want to say it was, um, but just not a good team and a team that Florida State absolutely has to beat.
0: It would have been interesting. You mentioned Sims. It would have been interesting to see Norvell, what he's done with Travis, like what he could have potentially done yeah. with Sims. Now I'm not saying that like, I wish we'd have had Sims. like, I like Jordan Travis and I, I feel more confident with Travis than I think I would with Sims, but If he had a better developer, a guy like Mike Norvell, how much different could Sims look right now? So just I hadn't thought of that until you just mentioned his name. Yeah, Georgia Tech's out of, you know, their out-of-division schedule is brutal. Clemson to open the year, and then they have to come to Florida State uh, on Halloween weekend, October 29th. That's 0-2 right there. They're going to lose to Miami. They're going to lose at Virginia Tech. they got to go to Pitt. Um, Again, I think they beat Duke. Um, but I I don't know. Maybe they could beat North Carolina too, but I mean you're talking like one two ACC wins. Um, and so I don't I don't have a lot of hope for them. Their out of conference is also ridiculous. I know that doesn't count for where they finish in the division. They'll get a win against Western Carolina, but then they got to play Ole Miss, UCF, and Georgia. They're going to and they're going <laughs> one and four out of conference too. Georgia Tex winning three games this year max. I think two. I think they're a two and ten team. Those two wins might be against, you know, one of those two wins might be against Duke. That's why they finished sixth in the conference. All right. Uh, I don't know one you know, two, three, four, and five were tough for me. So who do you got five? We might agree.
1: This this is going to be, this might be a little surprising, but I got Virginia Tech. I just do not expect much. Hey, we're three for three. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really? I I just don't. You know, they're obviously in transition and I, you know, It's shocking because Virginia Tech to me should always be a good team, right? You live in a very, you know, fertile recruiting ground up in the DMV area. Uh, You have, you know, some history, obviously you're going back to Vic and, you know, they ran the ACC um, when the merger happened. Lack of better words, it wasn't a merger, but when we raided the Big East and brought Miami, Virginia Tech, you know, everyone thought it'd be, oh, Florida State and Miami every single year. No, Virginia Tech ran the conference. I don't know how they got to this point, but I'm just not impressed with them at all right now. Um, I know we don't play them this year. If I wish we did, because I think that'd be a much easier game than you know playing Miami out of the Coastal or or somebody else. So, yeah, I'm just not high on them
0: at all. Yeah, I think um, I think they're most likely. I mean, this is and this is what makes it tough. They're in transition. They're, they're probably going to pick up a couple of wins against Georgia Tech and Duke, right? So they do get that benefit. Um, they get Virginia at home. So that's a good one, right? Like the rivalry game yeah. last week of the year, they do get Virginia at home. I'm kind of high on Virginia this year though. So like, I think Virginia is going to beat them even though that game is in Blacksburg. Um, they got to go to North Carolina. I could see them getting that win against North Carolina. Unfortunately for them, they get Boston College early in the year when I think Boston College would be pretty healthy. And so I think that's tough on them. If they got Boston College later, maybe Jerkovic shown some injury issues in the past. Um, maybe they could get that win, but I think that Boston College is going to beat them early. They got to go to Pitt. They got to play Miami. Then they got to go to NC State. I think it's going to be tough on them. Again, I think they go 0-2 because of the um, – they, they're going to go 0-2 out of division in the conference. Um, fortunately for them, their out-of-conference schedule isn't like Murderer's Row. They got Liberty. They got Wofford. They got Old Dominion. That should be three wins. Liberty should be down this year losing a uh, a top quarterback. And um, they do play West Virginia. They get that at home. But that, that one will, will be tough. But it's a Thursday night in Blacksburg, which always gets kind of weird. But, yeah, I, I've got them down for maybe three conference wins. Um, I think they'll beat Duke and Georgia Tech, they get those teams back to back weeks. Um, and then I think they'll find a win somewhere else, but that's it. I, I, yeah, we're we're spot on, we're the same, you know, to start this at uh the first three. Okay, number four, see if we if we go okay, we don't we do not share notes on this, and this is one of the most exciting segments or excited, excited, say I've ever been about two segments because like I really want to learn what Richie thought, what I thought, and do these live on the air. I got North Carolina number four. I have Virginia, so we're good. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. No, I'm not so I'm, I'm not as high
1: New- on Virginia as you are. Um, I you know, we yeah, got another team in they're coming up, right? they're
0: three, they're three for me. So, like, it's not like yeah. it's you know, yeah, but uh, I am just low on North Carolina we're... is my big thing. You what? I'm just low on North Carolina, but it okay. sounds like yeah, you're just low on Virginia, so it all kind of evens out, <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's more low
1: lower on Virginia than I am on North Carolina because that North Carolina is going to wow. be my next team. So I, I think you're probably going to have Virginia next. If I'm guessing uh, probably yeah. here, or maybe not. So yeah, so we we so that's our um third and fourth teams, and I, I'm just
0: not high on either one. And this is probably honest. coming down it, to the head to head at, at at to yeah. be honest with you, like you know something like that. You know, I don't think we're like way off here. But yeah, give me your thoughts on um on both of them. Yeah, I think that so my biggest so why I ended up going North Carolina next is because of their they're out of conference or I'm sorry, they're out of division. I'm not very good at saying that well. Is a lot tougher. Like Virginia's is easier than UNC's. UNC has to play um NC State and Wake. I think that's two losses for them. And Virginia gets to play Syracuse and Louisville, which I think Louisville beats him, but I think they can, I think Virginia can beat Syracuse. So I thought one and one, 0 oh and two, the rest of it kind of shakes out. Virginia gets to play them at home. I had Virginia one higher based on those things. I think the teams are going to be very, very similar. Virginia getting UC, UNC at home and their out of division being a little bit easier made me put them one ahead these could really shake out either way. Like there's no like, oh, I'm so confident in three or four.
1: Yeah, I I think it's kind of like our discussion last week when we talked about, you know, Wake Forest, Florida State, and Louisville, right? You could really, it wouldn't surprise anybody to see those three teams interchangeable in the standings throughout and at the end of the season. Uh, That's kind of where we're at right now with, you know, talking about Virginia, North Carolina, even maybe Virginia Tech to a little bit. But again, I'm I'm probably lower on VT than, than most people are heading into the year. But I, I think we're in that interchangeable stage right now before we get to that top tier of the coastal.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think that we're not like super far apart. Both kind of have our reasoning and, and things could could break in different ways for sure. Um, okay, cool. So that takes us to two and one. And it sounds like our one and two will be a little bit different. Um you know, I've got Pitt it too. I don't
1: think it will. I, I yeah, I do too. I do too. Oh yeah, Pitted
0: too. All right, very good. I did um, in the
1: reason reasoning strictly quarterback play. If if Tyler Van Dyke's healthy, you know we we love you know the Tyler Van Spike troll, Um, and that will live on forever. But again, Pitt they lost Addison Pickett's gone. I do think that Pitt is is turning into a solid program that you can depend on them. You know to at least get to a bowl and win a few more games every year. But I. I had to take Miami here, unfortunately, just because strictly I think he's the best quarterback in the conference.
0: Yeah. Pitt gets to play Louisville and Syracuse in their out of conference things out-of-conference games, out of division games. Sheesh, I've messed that up like seven times today. <laughs> um, and it'll really come down to that last game of the year to me. Uh, Miami and and Pitt. Uh I Miami has a, a little bit tougher, you know, out of division with playing Florida state and Clemson. I think Clemson (laughs) wins pretty handily. And then Florida state's a coin flip. Whereas I think Pitt beats both Louisville and and Syracuse. And so that could kind of even things back up. If, if Pitt can also, you know, Pitt and Miami should both beat Duke. They should both beat North Carolina. They should both beat Georgia tech. Um, They should both beat Virginia tech. Maybe they drop one to Virginia. I could see either of them losing that. But then I think that out of, comp, out of division kind of helps Pitt maybe get back up into a position, right? And if Pitt comes into that last game of the year on November 26th, back a game, they win that game, they then have the tiebreaker, and they go on. I think Miami will end up making it, but I think Pitt will be close. I think Pitt will be right there. Um, they're a tough team to play. Losing Addison, losing Pickett, massive. Um, but I think Pitt finishes second. Miami should win this division. I mean, there is no bones about it. They have the third best odds to win the entire conference, right behind Clemson and NC State. Miami's schedule is very easy this year. Um, are only two the only two times they won't be favored in my opinion are when they play Florida State and when they I'm sorry, when they play Clemson and when they play Texas A&M. Both those games on the road, I expect them to lose both those games. Um, yeah. the only other acceptable loss to me Outside of a Van Dyke injury, is Florida State like they could lose that rivalry game? That'll be a that'll be a close game. That'll be a hard fought game. But outside of that, Miami shouldn't lose a game, right? They should be the end of the year trash this year. <laughs> like absolutely outside of Aggie, outside of Aggie it's terrible. terrible, right? Bethune Cookman, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee State. They're going to start the year three and one. Then they get a bye week for North Carolina. They're going to start in conference play. I think three and zero with North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Duke. It's a yep. little bit tougher with Virginia Tech, Florida State, Clemson in three of the next four weeks, and they have Pitt to finish off the year, but Miami should absolutely represent the Coastal in the ACC Championship, where I think they'll lose to Clemson for the second time, but I've got Miami winning this division. Um, I, I, I don't want to, I've said this before, but like we say this every year, Miami should win this division and, and win it going away, but we've said that for like 20 or like 15 years since they've been in the division. They've only done it once, and so football's weird. Weird things happen. I think the path for them not to win the division is exactly what I've said. They drop the game to us. They drop the game to Clemson. They lose one more along the way, kind of a weird one at Virginia, something like that. I think that is kind of the prescription for them potentially losing the game. If they go into that Pitt game with two conference losses to us and Clemson and Pitt has a chance to win the division that day, that's going to be a fun game. That's going to be a game that's a heck of a fun game to watch um, because Pitt will have so much to play for. Now, Miami goes into that already having it locked up because Pitt has lost to a Louisville or a Virginia Tech or at North Carolina, something like that. I think Miami wins that going away. Obviously, it wouldn't even matter by that point. But if Pitt has something to play for there, that's the path to Miami not winning because Pitt gets them last game of the year. Obviously, it counts for the one game, but you also get the tiebreaker. So, the uh, the it's not good football. I'll say that. But the ACC Coastal is always the most fascinating division all of college football to watch because you have no idea what's going to happen from start to finish. What was that streak like of like six years in a row? Seven years in a row, all seven teams finished first. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Seven years in a row. (laughs) Bad football over there, but the most intriguing division in college football. It's anyone's any year. So um, that's pretty good. We, we weren't too far off this year or this yeah, week. And, Sorry, this year.
1: And, and just on Miami, their schedule just sets up so nice. They get two easy wins to start. They're going to lose at AM, most likely. Um, but, but then instead of having to go to a conference game for a letdown week, potentially they get middle Tennessee state. Then they host North Carolina. Then at Virginia Tech, that's the first game I'm looking at. And I, I, again, I'm low on Virginia Tech, but Blacksburg, if that's a night game, um, watch out. Then they're going to beat Duke. They're going to win at Virginia, I think. Uh, yeah, their schedule sets up nicely. And I, I don't know if Miami fans even consider Pitt a rivalry, but I, I, I do. And I consider that one of my favorite low-key rivalries every single year, um, largely because it, you remember when Miami was number two in the college World playoff rankings, it was Pitt who knocked him off before they lost to Clemson 38-3, before they lost to Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl, Uh, just going from the highest of highs to back to reality where
0: Miami always goes. I love it. Um, Shout out Carol, who's watching on Facebook. Go Bolts! Big game tonight. 8 p.m. Try and force a game 7. They win tonight, Richie. They're winning it. And I was talking with Dan about this the other day. The first two – I know you're not like the biggest hockey guy, but you watched all the playoffs. The first two Stanley Cup runs, this is going to sound like blasphemy. Tell me if I'm a spoiled fan for this. To me, they were boring. Not boring, but there was no drama. Like, they were exciting because no, your team's the, winning. The two most recent years? Yeah. Last two dra- years. Okay. No drama. Yeah. yeah. yeah and the, like, and the, the, the Bucs ho- run was not like, boring. Like, yeah. The no, Bucks run was not boring because they nearly blew it against Washington. They probably Orleans, should have lost Green to the Bay. Saints. Yeah. They probably should have lost to Green Bay. And then the Super Bowl was, you know, not a ton of drama. But, like... The run was exciting. Like, yeah. the, every game was, like, very close. One-score games. Um, if, you know, if, if a couple things break your way wrong in the Saints or the Green Bay game, you lose those games. The Lightning series have been, for the most part, not that exciting, right? They did have to come back from two down against the Islanders, but I don't know. You never really felt like they were out of it, out of it. Um, if they win this one, I know you guys didn't tune in here. Let's talk about the Lightning. If they win this yeah. one, Coming back from 3 1 against a team that was better than you, this will be this will be the greatest championship in Bay history. Like it won't even be close to me. Like yeah. to win the three P, to come back from 3-1, you know. This, this, I'm not trying to say it's gonna happen, but if they win tonight, it's over. If we win tonight, they win it in game seven. I'm like, yeah, d- put that put that on my tombstone. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, I only watch playoff hockey. I I don't watch regular season much of anything outside of football but man and i probably should because hockey is so exciting like it's so fast-paced check it out for sure people
0: yeah no ton of fun um you guys will really enjoy it if you watch it go bolts um all right a few more things thanks for hanging out with us as we did the uh coastal i know that it's not uh, as pertinent to fsu but hey maybe we wind up there and get to beat miami a second time so um some fsu hoops news some golf and then we'll get out of here. Go ahead, Richie. I'll let you take the hoop stuff. Yeah. So Coach Ham, uh, you
1: know, does what he does on the trail. Taylor Bow, in the number thirty-seven overall prospect in the entire country, commits to Florida State. Uh, he was down to Duke, FSU, Iowa, LSU, Providence, and Vermont. So clearly, uh, Ham shoving John Shire in the uh, in the locker, welcoming him to the ACC. Um, very excited about this one. He said, I chose Florida State because the coaching staff showed me nothing but love and also their history of getting guys like me to the NBA with their coaching staff and everything they have in place. I feel like there's no way I can lose. Florida State also has one of the best records in the ACC. Coach Hamilton has his fair share of ACC titles and ACC games. If I can do it anywhere, it's one of the conferences, one of the best conferences in the country. Uh, big pickup, 6'9". Uh, uh really excited for this one he's he's gonna be pushing for five-star status by the time he signs so thoughts on him man i'm excited
0: yeah for sure i mean florida states uh leonard hamilton is at the tail end of his career right like i don't know how many more years he's got but he certainly still has it and certainly still bringing in top recruits um ham does what ham does and and grabs massive commute uh, commits they're looking at massive schools and Florida State at this point is a massive school. So, excited for hoops to be back, excited for this year, this season. I hate this off-season stuff. Like, fortunately I have the Lightning, but I hate this, you know, no games going on at all. Um so it kind of stinks, but uh yeah, excited for uh excited for what uh what we'll see with Coach Hamm and them this year. Uh, before we get to the other news of the day, I do want to give a quick shout out to Garnet and Gold. You can go to garnetandgold.com. To get all of your FSU gear, it's the only place I shop for FSU gear. I'm sure that's where Richie got that lovely looking uh, shirt. Is that a? Po- it's not a polo because it's not a collar, right? Or yeah, it's like a, really it's a cool mock collar. polo, which I love. There we go. Yeah, those yeah. are awesome. Great for the They'll golf. It'll be sport. perfect for New Orleans. It'll be like oh, a yeah. million degrees out there. So, or a basketball jersey would be even better. But um, so, yeah, super proud and appreciative. To partner with garden gold let me tell you something richie i i mean you knew this too but like growing up being a fan going to school there you garden gold is part of the game day tradition like you go to garden gold before you i mean like well, i was i'd hit mad hit garden gold then go to tailgate then go to the game i it kind of blows my mind that like we actually partner with them and we work with them and they're a sponsor of my podcast because like i grew up like loving garden gold like that's just you know you thought about going there and that being part of what you were going to do when you got into town. And to think now, like they sponsor my podcast, like that's kind of mind blowing. That's kind of crazy to think about, but nowhere else that we will support nowhere. I don't shop at fanatics. I don't shop at alumni hall. Sorry for the on-campus bookstore. Like I'm hitting and gold. They're putting that money back in to FSU athletics. They contribute to our NIL. They partner with rising spear, go to Garnet and gold, buy something today Use the code D-F-N-S-15. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm a liar. It's no slaw. Code is no slaw. We got way too many codes around here. Code is no slaw. N-O-S-L-A-W. You get 15% off. If you got big bread like Harlan and you can order $75 or more, you get free shipping. Harlan shakes his head in the background every time I say that. But you can get free shipping. If you live in Tallahassee, you can use code no slaw and go pick it up for free. No shipping charges, no matter what your order so, is. So TJS,
1: Gardengold.com. A couple weeks ago, I was at um Academy just because it's on the way and I had to get golf ball, so I was going to play golf. And I saw a Florida State polo that I loved. And I immediately pulled out my phone and found it on Garnet Gold and ordered it from them because I was not going to give my money to Academy. And I know Garnet Gold would have it here. Uh, again, I'm in Orlando, so it's easy. I have my orders within two to three days always. So it's, uh, I will not buy Florida State gear
0: from anywhere other than garnet and gold yeah i saw something the other day that was florida state that i wanted and i looked it up on Garden and gold and Garden and gold didn't have it so i just didn't buy it i bought something else <laughs> that's how uh that's how petty and how passionate i am about it. so shout out garnet gold um that's not the only basketball news though going back to what we had um florida state plays purdue for the 87th year in a row um in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, do we are we ever gonna play anybody else? Can we ever get like we, Michigan or no? i, I will go on Michigan, but like Michigan State. No, it's either Indiana or Purdue. It's yeah, that's but, what it seems like. It's we always gonna be like team I'm, from Indiana. So if okay, so if you could have your pick, who would who would it be in the Big Ten?
1: Um, the worst team, but you know I think Michigan State oh, no, be no. a fun one. Yeah, like Michigan, Michigan actually, State would be
0: mine. I, I would have liked
1: Michigan be. too because uh, again they kind of have we'll our number. Played them twice. Yeah, they kind of have our number in basketball, so I, I would have liked Michigan, bring Juwan Howard there, let him and Ham go at it. Um, I don't know. It's, the Big Ten's a good conference, I, and I love the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I, I I try to watch every single game every year, Um, and this one, being in Tallahassee, if it wasn't a Wednesday night, I, I'd really like to go. Um, luckily, Florida State will be playing four games in Orlando in November alone, so I'll be well taken care of.
0: Yeah, I, I think Michigan State will be all you pick. I've always been a big Tom Izzo fan. Ohio State would be fun just because of the name, the yeah. brand. Um, but, yeah, those would be mine. Illinois would be Wisconsin mine. Would be fun. I, would really-
1: lo- I would love to go to Wisconsin yeah. for a
0: basketball game. That would be a blast. No. Basketball, not football. I mean, if Even it was football, fall, I'd like, like early, well, yeah. early fall, yeah. yeah. September would be fine for me. No later than that. Um, uh, no. John Butler goes undrafted not a big shock to you right like you didn't expect him to go drafted and here's what i want to ask you on butler would you have preferred butler back or do you like is it baba am i saying that right baba
1: yeah baba miller
0: so preference there would you rather have butler Uh, back rather have baba obviously both would be ideal but like would you have gotten him without him so I, th- I think Baba definitely has the the
1: much higher ceiling as far as NBA potential, but for this one year, I'd probably lean Butler. Cause he did show a lot last year, man. He flashed. Um, I just think he got some bad advice and I know coach Hamilton is very honest with his players, probably tried to convince him to come back uh, because I know for a fact that Jonathan Isaac told him he wanted to come back for a second year and Ham's like, no, <laughs> like you're crazy. You need to go to the NBA <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, sucks for Butler. I, I do think he'll, he'll get signed on to a team. He'll get to work out and have a chance, but man, I, he's a guy to me, he could have been like second team, all ACC. And with that potential, with that body, that frame, that he could have been a first round draft pick next year, uh, instead of going undrafted this year, I just think it, it was a year early and he probably got some bad advice uh, and wish he had come back because I definitely think he would have helped Florida state a lot, but I, I do think, you know, Baba will come in and, and help you know fill that role and uh, who knows? Like I said, I he has the much higher ceiling, in my opinion, but uh Butler's no slouch, right? I, I do think he can play this game for a long time and make a lot of money doing it.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So, um, the last thing we have on the docket, and then we'll get out of here. Appreciate you guys hanging out. If you listen back to it, if you're watching now, hit that retweet button, hit that share button. We appreciate it a ton. Um, Brooks Kepko, let's talk about him.
1: Oof. Yeah, probably the, one of the most polarizing, uh, uh, Florida state athletes, former Florida state athletes that, uh, is not a football player. Uh, but he's going to the Live tour, obviously the competing tour. We're not going to get into, you know, the most controversial stuff about it. I just think it's a huge blow to the PGA and and they need to find a way to start keeping these players because they're likely going to lose some other guys, really young, good talent. Um, but I'm not surprised with Brooks. You know, we've signed a, We've talked to Trey Jones, um, And, you know, Brooks, he doesn't want to play a lot. He loves the majors and kind of doesn't really care, just shows up to other events just to get paid, really. Um, So he's like the least surprising guy on the tour because he doesn't seem like someone who cares about legacy. I'll I'll always support Brooks. I'm Team Brooks for life, Uh, but not surprised, but disappointing because I'd love to see him remain on the PGA
0: Tour. Yeah. So that's our episode. That's our show. Um, Appreciate you guys for hanging out, for being here. Um, we'll be back. We probably have a pop up this week, Richie. I'm gonna make you do some extra work, put in some overtime. That's what you get for getting a raise this week. So, um, shout out to Guthrie's, shout out to Graham Co., and shout out to Garnet and Gold, our sponsors. Uh, I have one more shout out, Richie. You got anything before we go? Uh, no, just shout out my mom. She, um,
1: you know, she retired last year and just put an offer in at a house in Vero Beach, and I guess she's moving down there. So, I'll, I'll be spending some time at the beach here in the near future.
0: Dude, I'm going to the beach in a couple of weeks too. So I just found out last night. I think, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but this is what I hear. I have a shout out. This is kind of a crazy one. Um, You might think I'm nuts for this, Richie, but I'm going to share this. And my shout out is for Michael Alford's red blazer. Is that crazy? That red blazer to me is the new Jimbo's brown blazer. Like that's closing time to me right there. So shout out Alfred and that red when he puts that on, it's over. Went and got Link Jarrett and stole him. I'm sure he had that on when we re-signed Lonnie. I I bet he probably just sleeps in it because the dude's a closer. But I'm sure he had that on when we went and got Pensky. So shout out Alfred. Shout out the Red Blazer. Um look at that. Flying back private. I love it. Um, big news for FSU or big big week for FSU. Big week for Michael Alford. Big week for the Seminoles. We'll be back this week probably with a pop-up, and then if not, we'll be back on Sunday. Richie, have a great weekend. Go Bolts and go Noles.